there's a lot of control in making the work, but you have no control in how other people are going to view it. And I think that's because we all carry our experiences and you and sort of project that through the work. And that's what we connect with. And and that's great. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to the discussion and inspiration of art and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aaron S, and this week's episode is part one of my conversation with the amazing Nate Berber. Nate is an artist from the US who creates beautiful paintings and American landscape that are tinged with an underlying tension. Through the use of composition and colour, Nate creates images that have a charged atmosphere where the viewer is left to contemplate the scenes they are looking at. As well as painting landscapes, Nate has also started to branch out into creating a more figurative-based work that holds the same cinematic feelings and narrative tension as his older works. I had a great time talking to Nate, and I really hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Okay then, so the first place to start, as I start with everybody, is uh, just tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Um, well, I guess I kind of became, I don't know if I became an artist, I sort of always, I think of the classic story of always doing art, um, you know, both of my parents were artistic and so um, they were involved in theater and, um, but yeah, growing up I was always doodling, um, I remember it was in high school, I did a lot of like comic books um, and when I was at uh in uh, university, I always wanted to be an art major, um, you know, dabbled in this and that. And yeah, so I think I've, uh, I suppose just a matter of, uh, I don't know, uh, stubbornness or something. I've just sort of stayed that way. And, you know, it's always been a passion of mine in some way. That's really cool, though. So um, did you study art um, or yourself at all? Um, I, I did. I didn't go to... Um, I did study art. I didn't go to any kind of, uh, I don't have an MFA. Um, this university I went to was uh, uh, liberal arts. And so, and that was a deliberate choice on my part. I remember when I was looking at schools, it was between either the uh, Minneapolis College of Art and Design, which is our local you know, big art school. Um, and then the, where I ended up going, St. John's University, um, uh, which was a liberal arts school. And I just, I think I liked the idea of having to take you know, different courses. I had to take, you know, theology and sociology and ended up taking like computer science classes and math and language. Um, and I, I liked that. I think it was more of, uh, I wanted to be more of a well-rounded thinker rather than just doing all art all the time. Um, so, yeah. So yes, I, ha- I am trained in that way, but I haven't done any kind of like, um, I guess as much training as I assume some other people have. I also don't have um, my work. My work is quite, as you've seen, it's quite representational. But I don't have yeah. any sort of classical academic training, um, you know. And I, in fact, I took a class. This is a bit rambly. Sorry, but no, it's fine. Theme of the interview. Um, but uh, yeah, I think so. In college, I remember one of the courses I took was a portraiture class, and so you know, we learned like the dimensions of the face and how you construct that and whatever. And um, you know, I picked up on it quite quickly, and I remember thinking to myself, oh, you know, I should take a, maybe it would be helpful to do a figure drawing class, like some of a similar thing. And I took a, I took a night class um, at a local atelier in Minneapolis. 
Um, and I think partly because it was a night class, it was the students there were me and a bunch of like suburban moms. <laughs> and it ended up just being like a life drawing class. Um, but, you know, so it was that we weren't really learning all of those different things. And I turns out I didn't feel like I needed it. Um, but it was funny because, um, you know, when you were there, you'd see work from full-time students and it was very, you know, very rigorous, very like, uh, you know, Renaissance art is like the highest form of art, and blah, 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 and like, and the work I found that students would do was like quite technically good, but it was really boring. You know, it was like still lives, like lit in a dramatic sort of way and majestic horses or, you know, and portraits. And it was just like, I remember when I would go to those uh, classes, like driving there and back, I would want to listen to like weird, like techno music or like, you know, uh, I was listening to some like art theory classes or um, podcasts or um, just to kind of basically clean my brain of just all this like sterile stuff. <laughs> so I guess that's a long-winded way of just saying that I, I do have, yes, I do have training, but I don't have any sort of like rigorous, you know, I don't know how to set up like, like I'm not much of like a, like a gear hound, so to speak. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I've heard a lot of artists or painters who are like, you know, they'll make their own palette, they'll make their own paints and they, they're very particular about their medium and this and all, you know, and for me, I just find like, I just kind of do it. <laughs> it takes me long enough to paint anyway, so I don't want to waste my time doing all that stuff. And um, how important do you think art education is for artists? Do you think like you need to have a degree to be a good artist? I don't think you do. I, I think it does have a, um, I think it does have a, a place. Um, I think it's important, and I think for artists to have a certain kind of grounding in, I suppose, art history and theory, um, not necessarily because it has to filter into their work, but I think just in general, um, you know, you make what you see. And I think to, I think the more work and different types of work you see, you, you know more of like what's available to you in terms of what to make. Um, and yeah, I think it's a balance. I think there is some place for that kind of training. And I also do think that, you know, I, I, there are some artists like myself who just sort of were naturally always uh, gifted in terms of doing art. Like I always took to it. It was never an issue with me. It was, I mean, I had to put work in to develop the skills that I have now, but um, yeah, I, I think it's a mix, you know? And, and I do think that, and it can go the other way too. I think a lot of, um, there is some sort of a school of contemporary uh, work now that it's all very, it's all very theory-based and it's not very, um, it's not skills-oriented, which, I mean, I'm not to say that like one has to have a certain amount of skill to make good art, but I think sometimes it can go the other way where you sort of limit what one can do if, you know, if you're making, depending on what you're making. Um, but, yeah, so I, I guess I'd say mix. I don't, I'm not super dogmatic about it. I, I think there's a place for it, but I do think that, uh, I, but that's, I don't think that necessarily is what makes an artist per se. I, I mean, it's also a lifelong pursuit, I think, too. Oh, absolutely. Always, absolutely. Always learning, you know, and uh, trying new tools and this and that. So I think that's quite easy to forget is that, you know, art is a lifetime career. It's not just something you're going to do for like a year or two. Um, and be wildly successful it's like you're gonna to have to work you know a good solid you know five six seven eight years before you might even get recognized 
to even get to some part of where you want to be. Um, yeah, and even even uh, developing your own style, I think too. Um, you know, I think it, it it takes time to develop one's voice and to figure out you know what it is that you, know, you not just your own just skill, but I think what like what your work is about and sometimes that's more of a and that that just takes time I think that's more of a that, that and that's and that, and that can change too I think you know I've even found myself sometimes that my work um, you know I've, I've well I guess we can get more into more detail later but yeah. um, I have found that there are some bits where uh, my my eye is kind of changing a little bit in terms of what I look for um, so yeah, it, it is a lifelong process. I think it's it, it's more of just being aware. I think there was a quote. Um, I think you may have posted on your one of your IG stories. I, I'm, I should have written it down, but something about like painters, and I don't think just painters are artists. Um, I mean, I would if I were updating what I'd say artists, but um, uh, the quote was something like painters are like one of the few people that really like see or something like that. And there's, the point being that. Um, you know, I think that you one has to be very, I think one of the keys for uh, for any artist is to just have a certain kind of awareness of uh, themselves, the times they're living in, uh, you know, society, other people, that kind of thing. And, you know, the media they consume. Um, and I think also just an awareness of oneself too. I think that's uh, that's a big part of being an artist as well. And you know, all these things just take time. You have to train your eye in a way. So why do you think art is important? Well, I think art is important. Well, that's a good question. Um, it's important in the sense that I think I think one could say that it's one of the more human things that we do as a species. Um, you know, art has been around since you know, the cave painting, probably before that. Um, but I, I, you know, I think art is important because it's a type of um, I think ultimately all art is a type of nonverbal communication, and it it's a way that I think it I think at best it connects with people, um, just in a way that like other other media just can't. And it's not necessarily that that makes that inferior, but I think that it um, yeah it it, it and, and and not to say that it has to be beautiful either. I think um, I've, I've often. I've tried to explain this sometimes to uh, friends who, you know, they they might not be that interested in art, and they see something that's, you know, a bit more conceptual or sort of um, maybe disturbing or uncomfortable or something, and that's art related, and um, or that well, that is art, and uh, you know, and I always say like, well, you know, it doesn't have to make you feel good. The fact is, it's making you think, it's making you feel. Yeah. It's like, why is it doing that? Um, and I think that, yeah, so I, I do think it's important. I, I think it's also just something that people do. I think it's something that we'll always do. I mean, uh, in, in whatever form it takes. I mean, even just taking, for example, what I do in painting, um, one of the things I love with painting is that um, it's been done for so long, you know? Like, I, you can look back at old masters or, you know, paintings that are, hundreds and thousands of years old and you can see like oh it's still like the technology hasn't changed you're smearing paste along some sort of a surface uh to depict something um 
And that's, I don't know, there's something kind of cool about that. I mean, even if like, I don't particularly like the work, it's still a connection, which is, I think is interesting. And I also like that painting has a, um, this might be for a different question, but I do like that, um, uh, I, I really like that painting uh, can be kind of anything. Like I, you know, my work is quite representational. Um, obviously there's sort of a narrative kind of surreal elements to it. Um, but I love that painting can be completely abstract. It can't, it's not even necessarily paint on canvas. It's, you know, I, I love that there's, there's so much um, and that painting can mimic um, other things. I mean, you have a lot of painting that reacted towards uh, photography and now there's a lot of post-internet art that's painting, still painting. Um, so there's kind of something, I guess, um, maybe comforting that there's this kind of continuous lineage that painting has kept evolving and it changes and it's so uh, adaptable and yet there's still that consistency of what it is in essence. But personally, I just find that very interesting. So that was a that's a really good answer because that yeah, I think that kind of does lead into a question I will probably still ask you later. Um, but sure. it gives me the kind of thought to ask you this then. Um, and this is just randomly out of the blue because you just said that. It's like, so what do you think the internet has done to the way painting has evolved? And where do you think it will go in the future? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that I've really put a lot of thought to. So this is going to be a lot of off the cuff. But um, mm. I think it's changed in terms of, um, I guess for me, I think of it in terms of, I think of it as a very good tool. Um, I use the internet a lot for um, researching my work. Um, uh, and we can get, and we can get into that later, but um, Absolutely. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it just, people have a lot of stuff available to them. We're so inundated with so many images and um, you know, some of that can be a bit, you have to sometimes do a little bit of digging to get things that aren't just so curated. I think, especially with, you know, on social media, it's all algorithmic based. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of content. And I think that uh, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of different content and in all different guises. I mean, we basically have all known knowledge, good, bad, ugly, <laughs> uh, on the internet, essentially, um, not everything, but we have a lot. And I think, I, I think it's changing it in that painting is just so multifaceted now and art in general. I mean, there's, it's not like we have one particular, you know, we don't have movements anymore. There's not, um, there's not schools, there's styles, there's genres, there's, but there's a lot of mixing and matching too. I think people are kind of melding things together. And I think where it goes in the future, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, well, I think art in general, obviously is gonna be a lot more still technology-based as um, you know, new gadgets. And I think um, artificial intelligence will continue to evolve and um, influence how we make art. And I think, I, I don't know, have you looked at any of, um, I was interested in looking at, um, uh, what is it called, StyleGAN? It's something about, um, I should I should have looked this up, but anyway, <laughs> um, there's there's a lot of interesting like AI generated art and um, and just visual imagery, and I think some a lot of that will that will obviously continue and evolve. Um, but I don't know. We I could also see that people will still be painting. 
um, or, you know, or doing more traditional work um, in, in terms of the media that they're using, just because I could also see where as things become more technical and um, I don't know, maybe too synthetic, I think there's sort of still this want for something with the, the human touch. And I think things like um, sculpture and installation and painting and um, photography. I mean, even like, you know, I even see a lot of photographers, you know, digital photography is so advanced now. You just need an iPhone and you have a, a great camera. Um, and so I've seen a lot of uh, photographers now who are picking up more like older skills of like, okay, well, we want to really want to try to make this more of an art form. So learning how yeah. to develop film and dark rooms and all of that, daguerreotypes even. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, of course, I mean, everything will continue to evolve. I think we'll have more at our disposal um, to make work, but I think people will still make, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a mix. I think there'll be a lot more tech, there'll, there'll be more art. I think a lot of people, I think our ideas of what art is will continue to expand as it has been. Um, and I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I but I, I have a hunch that people are still going to be, uh, you know, dragging, <laughs> dragging pastes along surfaces and drawing and all these more traditional art forms. It won't look traditional, but um, they'll still be using those, uh, those tools to express themselves. So, so that's really interesting because there's an artist I follow called um, Charlie Groves. Um, who's a really, really, really great painter. Um, but mm -hmm. recently, over the last couple of days, he's posting um, AI-generated art that he created. Mm -hmm. um, so as funny as you say that, which I'll send it to you later, um, if you're interested in it, but he was creating these nightmarish scenes of just like random words mushed together and then made into you know, AI-generated scenes. And it's kind of quite interesting that you let something else kind of have that creative control. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of interesting to talk about that because it's something that I've been thinking about um, and it's just interesting just to see because it's like the progression of art in a different way. Yeah, well, I mean, I think of it as just tools. I, I've even kind of played around with some of those too. I think there's some free programs you can use. Um, yeah, I wish, <laughs> I'll have to look, go back and look at these because I'm, I'm sort of remembering what they looked like, but uh, what the programs looked like and what they were. I think one of them was called uh, StyleGAN. Um, and I used to remember what that stood for and how it worked. I kind of read up about it. But um, have you seen, like, there's an interesting um, uh, site called This Person Does Not Exist. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No. Uh, so what it is, it's, um, it's AI-generated uh, faces. And what it is is that they feed into this, um, I think it's, again, it's a style gan thing or something. And it basically feeds in tons and tons of pictures of people. And based off of the 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 program learns basically what makes a face, and then just generates a face. That's so and it's not yeah, and it's a completely generated from this program from this AI basically. And of course, you know how AI works: the more data you feed into it, the more the better it gets, the tighter yeah. it gets. And it's just you know it, the site is very simple. You just kind of refresh, and it shows a new face, another new face. And some of them you can kind of look a little bit; it looks a little bit off. But I noticed, like, when I first looked at it, I, there were a couple more of those where I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's a little off, but it's pretty close. Um, but then I remember looking at it, like, even several months later, and of course, by then, it's still getting more and more data, and it was just much crisper, much sharper, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally pawn this off as, like, yeah, this is some person. Um, but anyway, um, I think, though, that kind of generative um, tool of using something like an AI or like uh, to uh, 
alter images and like you said, kind of uh, let go of control. I don't find it so much that. I think, again, it's just another tool that people will use. Um, I mean, you know, I, in the same way, I think, and artists have always been using what's available to them. I mean, I think of like, um, you know, for, for my work, um, when I'm setting up, instead of just like drawing out what it is that, you know, I, you know, I paint from reference photos and instead of just drawing it out, I use a projector and just quick do a tracing. And, you know, you could say, oh, well, that's, it's like, well, no, like artists were doing that all like, you know, the, uh, what is that trick, the um, Khmer Obscura, where you, yeah. you know, you, and people were using that hundreds of years ago. So, <laughs> so true. I think that all, everybody uses tools available to them. And I think things like AI and the idea of like lack of control, um, I think that's a bit, um, I think the idea that we have control, I mean, I remember in, uh, so in high school, um, I did a lot of uh, ceramics. And one of the things I really liked about that was uh, there was so much that could go wrong. You know, you didn't need the clay correctly. There's a bubble that, uh, and then you go to put it in the kiln and it explodes or the glaze doesn't work out or, or something. So it was, there was so much that like, even to get um, a piece of pottery that looked good in the way you wanted it, like that was really the, uh, the art form for it because there was so much you didn't have control over. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, from a painter's standpoint, you could, I mean, an easy example, you could say someone like, you know, Jackson Pollock, you know, when he's sort of dancing around his canvas on the floor and throwing, you know, he's not controlling where every little drop of paint lands and how it splatters. Obviously he has some control of the movement. The more you do, you get a sense of it. Um, but, you know, I don't think, so to me, that's not, um, you know, or think of like social practice art, you're working with other people and it's like, it's completely an open experiment in terms of how it goes. And you can, obviously you can cater certain things and there's a certain amount of um, uh, deliberateness that the artist has in terms of like their experience and how they know to work with people and whatever, but uh, it's still collaborative. And so within that, you, you know, you don't have complete control over how everything goes. Yeah, actually, maybe I should really write my opinion on that then, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. maybe I should, that's a really good point. Because for you me... I the interview already. <laughs> <laughs> or the subject or whatever. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about it. Because like for me, at least particularly with my work, and, and actually probably most of the things I do is there's a lot of control involved in terms of like, it's because I want it to end up being how I want it to end up being. Um, sure. So maybe I shouldn't really kind of look at everything else with the same eye because it's not always the case. So thank yeah. you. It's um, hard to do that, though. I mean, my work has that, too. I feel very, it's a very controlled process, and it's very, and it's not necessarily that I always know immediately how it's going to look, but I generally have an idea of, like, how it's going to, you know, because, uh, and we can go about this when I do the, when I mention more process. I'm assuming you have questions. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like there, I, I, so I totally get that. It's like you have this vision in your head, and that's, um, one of the great things is like seeing that happen. Um, but, you know, I think even just from a philosophical standpoint, we don't necessarily have as much control as we, uh, we think we do. And, you know, I think some artists use that control or lack of control in their work in a way that's uh, beneficial to them. Um, yeah, that's good. That's a really good point. It's not what I thought about. And actually, some of that I think I should uh, look into a bit more. I think that's actually quite an interesting point. Yeah, it's a good, it's a thing to think about. My, my mind isn't necessarily like 
wired that way per se, but um, you know, maybe as you get older, that'll be less uh, <laughs> or something that develops. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> so my next question for you is what is the biggest challenge of being an artist? Well, I think the, I think, I don't know. Um, I mean, obviously I think there's the um, standard challenges of just, you know, um, marketing your work, selling your work, um, working with galleries, um, that sort of thing. I think it's also, um, I don't know. I, I think just like painting in general is very difficult sometimes. Um, like, you know, even though I think I certainly have a, uh, an amount of control and a, an expertise in what I'm doing, I feel there's times where it just, you know, and just in the studio you're working and it just doesn't, it's just not there. You're just like, okay, why is this not happening or whatever? I think time is a big thing too. Um, you know, I often find when I'm working, um, you know, especially after I finish a painting, I have, you know, I've been staring at the thing for so long and it's very tight. It feels very like purposeful and controlled. And, and I feel like I'm in a good like flow state with it when I've been working. And then you start on a new painting uh, or, you know, or you go to a canvas that has less work on it and you just, you, you almost want to get right back into that sort of, uh, that kind of flow state of like you're really in control and you feel like you're really like every move you're making is just like exactly where you need it to be and it just feels very effortless and fluid and you can't just like you know click your fingers and all of a sudden boom you've got a great painting it's like oh right I had to put a lot of effort and like, hours into this and so so it's kind of you know and sometimes that can be a little frustrating because like no I want it to get to here but then you're like oh oil painting I think yeah it's that too but um yeah I don't know there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of different challenges I think too um I think one of the other challenges perhaps would be as well like uh you know if you're doing a certain type of work that you're known for and you've built an audience for and you have a you know a certain collector collection base for and uh and then if that somehow doesn't speak to you anymore like it, you've not you've said all you can with it then how do you transition to something else um and just being yeah that like we talked about that sort of self-awareness of knowing oh this isn't quite working for me because I do think that like you know when you start to make work that's just kind of forced um you know that's when it you'll start it'll you'll kind of start to lose it and so I think to be it I think there's a certain amount of um courage it takes to speak honestly with uh, with what you're doing uh, in, in your work I think and that's you know that's difficult too I mean it would be nice to just be like okay yeah I just I just paint houses and they and they're, they're great every time and I just I love it you know but your mind moves I mean I think uh, you're not always going to be interested in the same things and, and that things are going to evolve in a way I think that depends artist to artist but um yeah, so I think you, there's a there's a certain challenge in that, you know, it's not just. I guess this is going to sound really, um, I don't know, <laughs> silly, but it's kind of like you know, being an artist. It's not what you do; it's more who you are. I mean, you're. I constantly find myself, um, you know, I'm out in the world or whatever, and I'm not, you know, doing anything artistic per se. I'm not. I'm not out there like doing some photo walk or whatever. But I'll see something, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, that really catches my eye, and I, it makes me think, and I'll like jot something down or whatever, quick sketch something out. Um, 
And so I think there's this, I guess that's, I guess that's part of a challenge too in the sense. It's a challenge, but I think people who are passionate about it, uh, it's not a challenge, but you realize just how much work you put into it in terms of like, you don't just, you know, art isn't just what happens in the confines of your, of your workspace. Um, it, it really is just how you see the world and what you see and, and what you're taking in. Um, that was kind of an evolving answer, but. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's an, an absolute great answer because that actually touches on a few questions that I was going to ask you later, um, which again, I'll probably still ask you. Um, but that's actually really good. And actually that kind of makes me think about, um, yeah, there's a question I was going to ask you later, but I'll ask you now. Is that, okay. do you think that being an artist gives you a different perspective on the world? Yeah, I think it does. Um, I, I think it does. I, I, and it's different, I think, for different people, different artists. Um, I think that, I, I, yeah, it depends on the artist, but I do think that um, in terms of what you're looking at and what you tend to hone in on and what you seem to tend to notice and how you connect things. Um, but yeah, I think so. I, you know, even weird things. I remember um, there was an example, this is in the, not the best example, but the first thing that came to my head. Um, I remember, um, I think it was, it was like either late 2016 or sometime in 2017 when uh, Trump was president and there was some, uh, he was featured on a Time Magazine photo and I think it was, it must have been edited in Photoshop. Anyway, he's sitting, it's, you know, it's sort of dark lighting or whatever. And, and he's sitting on some chair and the chair itself has some kind of a wearing on it. Like, I don't know if like the fabric was sort of, and I'm assuming he didn't sit in that chair <laughs> for the shot. Anyway, so I remember like someone posted this on Facebook or whatever. And I said, oh yeah, you know, they, obviously they, you know, whoever put together this photograph like meant to uh, get a message across with, you know, the way it's lit and how the chair is a bit disheveled and this. And I remember like, uh, you know, uh, a friend of mine um, that I knew in high school uh, commented back like, oh, you artists, you always notice these things or what I had no idea. And in my head, I was like, really? You didn't see that? That would seem pretty obvious to me. But um, so I think <laughs> it's not a great example, but I do think that, um, yeah, there are things where I think you notice more. Um, I don't know. I, I just think uh, to be an artist, I think it's to be an observer of the world and perhaps uh, a knower of oneself. And I think that that, uh, you know, again, I think that plays through differently for different artists, but um, yeah, there is a certain type of, a, I don't know, I suppose an elevated awareness, I think that I'm assuming most people don't have because I've, uh, you know, they're just, they're, their mind's not trained onto it. And, um, you know, and that's happened more than once where I've, some seemingly silly example or whatever, where I just thought, oh, how did you not see that? <laughs> You know. I think also because art's like a reactionary kind of medium, like your reaction to the world around you. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's also and reflecting that back too. Yeah, I think not nothing yeah, about, but yeah, I think reflecting that back is part of that. It's like you're almost like I, I think your your work is almost, and I think I even wrote this in one of my artist statements, uh, you know, when I was revamping it or whatever, <laughs> going through a writing spell. Um, I think it was the metaphor of like, it's almost like the artist is sort of like a prism or something where you're taking it, you're the one observing and seeing what you see and and then re-reflecting it back in your work. And it's not necessarily super direct. I mean, it's not propaganda, um, but yeah, you're, 
it's not just observing the world, but it's reflecting that back and through the, you know, through your hand, through your vision, through your, your work, it, the, the, what you see changes and how you depict it changes and what you're trying to communicate, I think changes, but, um, but yeah, and, and I think that, and so it's almost like uh, as a viewer, you're seeing that final product, which is removed from that process. And so that's sort of like, oh, wow, that's really creative. That's interesting. I'd never thought of that because they're seeing the end product, you know, whereas for you, 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 as the artist, you know, the process of like, oh, okay. Yeah. This sometimes with reflection, you can sort of see, oh yeah, this is why I was interested in that. This came from this and blah, blah, blah. And, and it, 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 there's sort of a sequential thing that I think makes sense to you. And even sometimes in, sometimes that happens in retrospect, but I think as the viewer uh, that, that disconnection between that process, you're just seeing this new thing that popped into the world that this art, this whatever, this post, I guess. Um, yeah, and so that kind of gives us this freshness and newness and uh, I don't know, I guess creative essence or whatever that people are interested in. <laughs> so that, the analogy of a prism is actually a very, very good one. That's actually a really interesting way to put it because you're right, because it's like what the end result is that you see isn't, what the artists have seen it's it's a kind of moderation of what the artists have viewed and felt and conveyed so that's i, I really like the analogy that i think it's really great um i think it's such a good analogy such a good analogy Thank you. Yeah. i'm probably going to stay that at some point now <laughs> oh, no, yeah take it I, uh, yeah i'm sure I'm, I'm sure many have made the similar the similar point or better perhaps but. no but it's just that's just a it's a nice way of looking at it that's a very nice way of looking at it um yeah i like that a lot i think that's really clever um, so my next question for you is how do you find the personal value in your work and how do you kind of find out like, the motivation and the courage to keep creating? I think you just keep going. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm reminded of uh, our Chuck Close quote. Of course, he uh, passed away recently. Um, yes. But it was something about, what was it? It was something like, you know, you're not going to wait for a bolt of lightning to strike uh, or something about, I think there was a more succinct one. It was like, you know, uh, dreamers will sit around waiting for inspiration. The rest of us get to work. Uh, and I find that with myself. Sometimes I'll be, you know, I don't have the motivation. I'm tired. There's a lot going on or whatever. And, um, but you do, you do it and you keep going. And it's sort of, you know, I'm, I'm a believer in, and not that I always hold to this. Sometimes, excuse me, sometimes I have to, um, remind myself of this, but uh, I think work begets work. The more stuff you do, the, the, the time you spend, uh, things kind of keep going. And it's almost like you, you know, it's not like you finish a piece and then you're, okay, great. I've, I'm done now. I've got, you you want to keep going. Like, okay, I want to, now I want to try this other thing or I have this other idea I was thinking of, or, you know, oh, you know, it, so I, I think it, um, it can be difficult at times. I think I found, um, especially in 2020 with the pandemic and a lot of other things happening in life, um, it was difficult, I think, to continue uh, at a certain point. Like I, I do remember in the early pandemic, a lot of, um, you know, you were hearing things about like, oh, well, wow, we're all shut in or whatever. This is great. Like the next great, you know, novel is going to be written and artists are going to do this and that. And, and I remember too, there was a, a meme I saw where it was like, the image was like, you know, an artist working in the studio and it's like four images of the same thing, the artist working in the studio and the, the text was like, you know, 
during like the before times and during a pandemic and during this, you know, it's like, you just keep going. But at the same time, I just, I do remember the early point. Um, It was difficult with everything going on. I remember talking to, you know, just acquaintances online and stuff. And I was like, are you guys also having trouble making work? Cause I'm having trouble, like just finding motivation. (laughs) A lot of people are like, yeah, it's, uh, it's more difficult than you'd think, but, um, but you get through it and you, you eventually do. So. Um, yeah, so I, I it, it can be uh, something that there's a difficulty in motivating yourself. Um, and I think sometimes you do have to give yourself a little bit of a break as well, just a mental break. Um, but, you know, I think, again, back to the art as sort of the you know, proverbial lifelong pursuit, I think that people just do that. And I think it, you know, you'll continue in whatever guise and some, you know, some, and it depends on the artist too, I think. I think some artists uh, take more time, need more time, and that's fine. Um, there was another quote, I'm gonna forget the artist, but it was something like, um, you know, people say like, well, how can you work so quickly? Cause like their work in the studio is very fast, but you know, he, he was saying like, you know, I, the work I've been doing was before that, all this prep work and whatever, and just in my own mind and, because I'm able, because of that, I'm able to just like work quickly on the canvas or whatever they were doing. I'd have to look that up. And <laughs> this might not be good for the interview, but <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. No, that sounds perfect. I'm going to leave all this kind of stuff in. Like, absolutely. I mean, okay. you can this would be out. a very tangential interview. Then. <laughs> honestly, they're my favorite. So let's talk about your work because your work is incredible. Um, Thank you. I'm so grateful that Zach told you about the fine football and that you sent me your work. Like, I'm really, really grateful. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think he told me. I, I want to say I just saw that he was. I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And then I, I think I said something. I found out it through Zach or whatever, because he and I had kind of messaged it a little bit on on Instagram. So, but yeah, I mean, thank you for featuring Zach. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, know, I had a, I actually interviewed him, so I had a great conversation with him, um, which is super cool. It's coming out December. I'm assuming it's okay. December. Yeah, it's not January. Sorry. It'll be December. Um, because I and the only reason, I, and it's really, really, really sweet for me because the only reason I met Zach is because I interviewed his friend Jake, um, mm-hmm. whose interview is coming out on Tuesday actually. Um, and I interviewed him, and then he told Zach, and then obviously you find out somehow through Zach. So sure, I think yeah. it's, it's like super cool, and like that's exactly what I want is yeah, when well, that like, leads you to places and artists yeah. that I mean, that was kind of the cool thing when I was like. You know, I remember I was like, all right, uh, yeah, I can send you some artists. And and for me, it's like, I almost have to like, it's, it's hard to think of people off the top of my head. Um, and so I was like, so it took me a second, like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to like send them some links. So I was like, and like the cool thing I liked was that you were like, you know, your response was like, oh, wow, these are so different than I would normally see. Yeah, they are. You know? They're very different. And that's great. Because then it's like, you know, the, the, the type of work or the type of artists that your podcast is going to be interviewing or looking at starts to really expand absolutely that kind of organic growth is is you know really i mean you can't complain well going back to the not being able to control right i mean (laughs) and it you know it's it's really interesting because having done this for you know a good what probably like a good year like i've done like Mm -hmm. the site for at least a good year now like like solidly because i've done it a few i've started and stopped it several times over the years um but this is the first time i've done it consistently six to seven days a week for the last year and a half-ish, probably more close to two years now. Yeah. Um, but I kind of have an idea of what my particular aesthetic is. Like I have a very particular aesthetic that I like. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's funny because the artists you sent me don't fit that, but in like the best way possible. Um, yeah. 
So that's why I said that to you, because it's so true. And I also what I said to you about if I can ever at some point hire people to be researchers, absolutely, I'm hiring you 100%. Um, seriously. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. <laughs> um, no, no, absolutely. Well, I'll take you up on that, because I, I did, uh, again, going back to the, uh, the Tumblr thing, one of the things I liked about it was it was sort of, I realized it was like, oh, this is kind of like a curatorial project. And I didn't, you know, I, I liked it. It was, it was fun to like promote other people and to... Uh, uh, find different work and kind of like that you know there's stuff that I like but um you discover things too yourself and there's a there's a joy in that as well okay so your work um just explain your work for people who may not have seen it um, um well see this is where I need to have a better elevator speech for this but um I, yeah I'd say my work it's um mostly it's landscape but it's a representational painting I, and it has sort of a narrative aspect to it so I'm interested in uh contemporary American landscape um, and basically I'll sort of recreate, I, I base my work off of photography that I take. And, um, a lot of that, there's a lot of sort of uh, scouting that goes into that, but the work itself has, um, uh, it's, uh, representational depictions of various scenes and landscapes. And then usually I'll add different figures, um, elements, uh, to kind of create a certain kind of narrative to it. Um, and it's not all landscapes. I've been delving a little bit into portraiture, and I'd like to do a little more of that and uh, interior work, um, domestic interiors. But uh, it's been a little difficult with uh, the pandemic. Um, but yeah, I guess I uh, I would describe it as uh, you know representational narrative uh, painting. Um, you know, and there's usually some kind of a surreal, uh, almost cinematic, otherworldly aspect in some of them others are a little more subtle um you know some of others like you know it's more just about composition and lighting um yeah yeah i guess that's how i describe it um not the best description but no 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 that's the perfect description because i think the one thing that i really loved about your work is that for me i kind of when i saw it i was like this is really cool um but when i actually researched it to do your feature and just researched it to do the interview you know, mm -hmm. as you can imagine, for every interview, I, I go through people's websites and I look at their work. Um, did you said, look? Did you look through any? Not to interrupt you, but did you look through any? Um, I, th I think I have some lists of like interviews and stuff I've given, uh, or like at least a couple interviews or features I've had. Did you look through that for your research as well, or was did, it yeah. just looking at the? No, work? no, I did. Yes, I like okay, to look at, yeah. yeah, I like to look at other interviews um, just to kind of see what you've been asked and or kind of sure. how you respond to certain things. Um, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but what I like about your work is that like I actually really looked at your work. I didn't just get here because school. I actually really sat down and looked at it. I kind of looked at it and thought about it. Um, and for me, it's like there's a lot of tension in your work, I think. Um, and there's a like, I was kind of thinking like, what do I think about it? And kind of the words that came to me is stuff like discovery. It's all about discovery, not only uh, of kind of the characters and what they're doing, but also of you as an artist and kind of your thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. um, and I was wondering like how you thought about that in terms of like, what kind of themes do you like looking at and, and or are there certain themes you kind of work towards? Yeah, um, well, and this was this has been something that I think has evolved over time um, or I suppose refined. Um, you know, I was, um, I think in, initially um, I was, when I was sort of first starting this, um, let's say in early 2010s, um, you know, I. I was interested in certain subject matters. I was interested in uh, film and um, kind of sort of surreal things that are a little off. 
I liked um, the idea of taking something familiar, or at least um, <laughs> familiar in the American sense, um, landscapes and uh, settings, but then kind of altering that a little bit. So you had that sort of tension of what's expected and then something that's unexpected. Um, but as I discovered, I realized that a lot of it, uh, the work came from uh, themes of my own life and it was sort of a reflection of things on my past. Um, and so that's where you get sort of these themes of like, and I think understanding that, um, and that was more from a personal basis, but understanding that uh, it made me hone in and realize like, oh, okay, that's why I'm interested in uh, themes of like alienation and isolation and discovery too, um, and sort of this sort of sense of like uh, kind of wonder and sort of the, the negative and positive of that. Um, you know, there's some instances where it feels there's a kind of charm to it. There's sort of a, a warmth, but then there's other times where it's sort of almost like a, an apprehension or a danger. But um, yeah, so it's become a mix of that. And I think I've been, as I've been more aware of those themes and understanding like where that comes from, from an internal space, um, it's helped me to really sense like, oh, okay, this is why I'm interested in this. And this is why this like these different subject matters, this different artwork, these you know movies kind of interest me. Uh, and it kind of, I think it's helped me to have a sense of direction of like uh, what I'm doing. And, and you know, I, I like allegory too. I think it's, I like that some of the work is uh, pretty straightforward. I mean, it, it, it depends on, it depends on the painting. Like I'm just uh, not to be not making eye contact at you through the screen, but um, I'm looking at some work I have on the wall here and there's a couple where like, you know, it, it's just sort of a set uh, work. Um, okay, so sort of, for an example, I mean, you, I think you, you've seen this on um, one of the works I did, I, was, I think I called it uh, Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And it's just these uh, three and a half houses and it's a sort of a twilight dusk setting. And, yes. um, you know, the lights are on in one of the house and I, so I remember like for that painting, uh, that one took a while to develop because I'd taken the photos several years before I started the actual painting. Um, and it was just kind of sitting there, like I liked it, but I didn't really know what to do with those the photographs. And as I was painting it, I kept thinking like, well, I've got this like foreground grass open area. I could like put something in there. I could put characters. I could have, you know, some kind of a scene happening. Um, but as I was working, I realized like, man, I don't think that needs it. And um, whereas other work, it's been very deliberate in terms of like, oh no, this makes sense to have like, you know, more of a surreal element or a different sort of a more direct, interesting narrative happening. Um, and, th and that's been sort of more of something that's been, uh, as, I've, as I've continued to work, I've realized it's, it's easier. I think it's easier for me to be more like, aware of what I'm doing and to hold back and not necessarily be like, oh, okay, to make a work, I like take this landscape and then add people to it and add these other elements and that's it. And realizing like, oh, you know, some of them actually, it probably doesn't need that or it needs less of that or, you know, and maybe, and you know, the work that painting I'm working on right now um, is a bit more dreamlike. It's a little more, uh, it's, it's, you'll see it when I post it, but it's very yeah. obviously, um, uh, fantastical in a way and so th those elements are pushed a little bit even more and that's what's kind of the thing where I was like 
I think the paintings I had been, the couple paintings I had been doing recently had been a little more subtle, more about kind of light and composition. And so for this, I was like, well, I, I want to kind of get back into uh, pushing things a little more, having more of that ultimate reality uh, sort of dreamscape. Um, so it's a mix of both. I, I think the work has, the work has slowly evolved, not just from like a technical aspect, but a thematic aspect. And I think I think as it goes, there might be certain themes I return to, but I think, uh, you know, I, I, I could imagine doing that. I'd probably come back to it with the knowledge of what I already have and kind of it would it would come back differently. It wouldn't be just completely revisiting something, but uh, changing it in a way that just time does, I think, as as you continue to work. So that's really interesting, though, because your work is very charged. And I think your work has a really nice quality about it. And it's kind of almost like unspoken, like the things you don't illustrate and the things you don't yeah. paint are just as important as what you do paint. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like it's, it's like those moments not to throw you off, but it's no. it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, and that's what I like about, you know, I say narrative, but it's not like I'm not a filmmaker. I, I, I wouldn't be very good at like setting up, you know, a progression. It's more it's more that moment, like you're saying. And so the, well, what happened before that, what happened after that, is yeah, this the, even the real pregnant moment kind of as um, Henry Carter Bresson, I believe said. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, something's about to happen or something's just happened. And it's like, right. you have to kind of determine as a viewer what that is. Um, yeah. And I think that's what kind of, for me, like I personally love that kind of work. I love the work where you look at it and you don't just see what it is and it's cool. You have to think, um you know yeah you have no, to I, I like that too yeah, and, yeah. and not just for my own work but other you know work that's completely different from what I do like you know, installation work or stuff that's very conceptual I love that because you see it and and I love just like thinking about it more or even like you you know you, you're not even um you know life you know you um several days later maybe it'll pop back in your head and be like oh that's that thing. I keep thinking about it. Why is that? I, I, I really, I'm glad it has that effect because I like that in work that I enjoy to see myself where, you know, it's not something you just quick get right away. Uh, you have to sit with it a bit and maybe that, you know, maybe it's a little uncomfortable. Uh, it's not maybe pleasant, but maybe there's something kind of beautiful in that too. And it's sort of that process of discovery. And I do like that. Um, you know, I like that the viewer has to, fill that in. I mean, I, you know, for me as uh, making my work, I know that a lot of the work that I'm doing is coming from particular memories or feelings or things that I had grown when, you know, childhood growing up or things that I'm noticing now or whatever. Um, you know, like we said, with the prism, it's all filtered. Um, but presenting that to the viewer, they don't have that context. And so I like that for them, the process of seeing the work is, um, filling in those gaps themselves. And I even find too, um, you know, when I talk to people about my work, it's really interesting to hear their interaction with it because, you know, as an artist, you make your work and you, you know, you can be very particular about like, you know, I made this work, I put a lot of stuff into it. I put this time effort to make it look a certain way and I, you know, blah, 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 whatever. But then you kind of put it out in the world and it's there. And, you can't then control like how people are going to see or what they see. Um, and I like that. I like that, you know, in interacting with people to see what they notice. And, you know, there might be things that you see in a certain work that 
you know, or an image that reminds you of this and you, you know, go off and I would, it's something that I would never occur to me. And I love that. That's that what goes back to that um, art as sort of non, uh, as nonverbal communication, you know, we're connecting in a way that we wouldn't otherwise. I mean, I've never met you apart from you know, an hour ago or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we're connecting through this work, this, this, this imagery. And that's, I think there's something really unspoken often, but um, very precious about that. And, and I love that. I think it's great because it makes me think about, you know, sometimes you doubt yourself and you think, well, you know, no one's really seeing the work or whatever. I, you know, you're just doing the work in your studio alone and you think like, well, <laughs> you know, but you forget that like people have these interactions with it. Like I remember, um, I don't know if you were following me at the time when I posted this, but, um, uh, so I posted the, um, the painting is um, um, uh, Teal Lake Park, Maple Grove, Minnesota, long title. But um, anyway, so in the work, it's, um, uh, you know, it has this, this house with like the one light on, the one room's light on, and it's sort of foggy and whatever, um, a little mysterious, and there's some depth to it. And I remember I posted it online, and to me, I thought I was like, well, this is fine. It's, it's, I liked it. I liked the work and I liked the, or sorry, the light and um, uh, the texture on that was fun to paint. And I liked that aspect of it, but it, you know, there's not like figures, there's nothing really uh, apart from that going on, but I remember posting it and somebody I followed on Instagram, who's a photographer in Missouri, he like, I think he commented on it. And I remember screenshotting that comment and then posting that in the story. And his comment was something about like, you know, he thinks of like when he was a kid and like summer nights and whatever, and just like, you know, he mentioned something about like, you know, thinking about some girl he liked or something or whatever. And again, and these are just things that like, you know, my purpose of painting this was not to like, okay, I want this guy who I'm following to think, you know, but yeah, the fact that he shared that, you remember that, oh, you know, your work connects with people in a way. And I think that's part, part and parcel, I think, is that as, um, you know, I think you you can't con completely, you can, as controlling as I can be in terms of like, you know, being very particular about the composition and how I'm painting the work and the detail and you know, brushstrokes and this and that, and the size of the canvas, and yada, yada, yada. Um, you know, you there's a lot of control in making the work, but you have no control in how other people are going to view it. And I think that's because we all carry our experiences and you, and sort of project that through the work and that's what we connect with um and and that's great i mean i think that's again it goes back to that connection and that sort of nonverbal communication that we have with art and that it speaks to us in a way and you know and you think about that you i love that like i can look at work from artists who are long dead <laughs> and i've never met them i don't even you know some whatever and yet something about what they did you know many decades ago or hundreds of years ago connects with me here in the present and so you think about how so it's that similar principle of just that like you you as an artist have a, a you know at least I feel like I know where my work comes from now and I know what the influence is and how it's coming out and whatever but I can't control how what people see and don't see um, sometimes that's frustrating but it's sometimes it's really magical and I love that connection that people get from it. 
So, but isn't that, that's like really beautiful though. The fact that someone has such a, a visceral response from your work rather than just scrolling past mm-hmm. it and be like, oh yeah, it's cool. Like, I'm pretty sure oh, that's, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's, yeah, that's the kind of response you'd want, you'd hope to achieve in your work because it's like, yeah. you want someone to stop and, and actually like comment on it, not just be like, oh, here's an emoji. Uh, you want them to actually comment on it and tell them, tell you how they feel, like how it makes them feel because, And even, know, even beyond a social media uh, standpoint, I mean, I, I think I remember hearing something about, I don't know how they, I don't know how this is quantified, but something like, you know, if you go to an exhibition or you see a museum or something like the average person spends something like five seconds or whatever, looking at a, an image. And that's almost like, you know, the, that's the, uh, the in-person viewing uh, equivalent of just scrolling past and liking, you know, and um, it, yeah. So you, you, you would hope that you can have something that really sits with you. Um, Because like we were saying, I mean, the work that I love is stuff that really sits with me for whatever reason. And you can't, I can't control that, like, you know, this photograph that somebody took really speaks to me or this painting or what, or this, you know, this sculpture, this installation, this, what, this film, uh, you don't know what's going to really hit you. I mean, when you see it, you'll recognize it because you've trained your eye. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's. And it's, I think that's also kind of going back to maybe your motivational questions on being an artist. Uh, those are things that are really great. And I remember, I think even in, when I posted that story, um, I said like, you know, you do the work, you whatever, you're just doing this. And then all of a sudden someone has the generosity to give this kind of comment or tell yeah. you that. And it's a nice reminder of like, oh yeah, the stuff I am doing is having an impact. and. Yeah, of course. Not, you know, beyond just like, you know, you'd still, I would still do the work even if I didn't have that because it's something for myself as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's very invigorating and you feel very um, uh, fortunate to get that kind of feedback and that kind of uh, response from people. Um, and, you know, and that's just the stuff you, you hear about. I'm sure there's, <laughs> maybe there's all kinds of stuff that you don't. And, uh, <laughs> One thing that you said that actually kind of really intrigued me, and now you said it, I'm actually, it's actually a vibe I really do get from your work, is that you said, and you kind of said it off, I think more of as like kind of offhandedly, but you said the word cinematic. Um, mm-hmm. And I think looking at your work in terms of composition and color, especially, it does have the kind of um, quality of being somewhat cinematic, or at least kind of alluding to, yeah, something more kind of filmic and otherly. Um, yeah could you talk a little bit about that in terms of like do you consider it cinematic is that a term you like I do like that yeah I mean I've never done any um, film myself I've only been sort of a connoisseur of movies Um, but yeah absolutely I I mean I remember that was quite deliberate actually when I was first sort of starting I wanted to do well I remember I did these (laughs) very large um, the canvases were quite large I couldn't do that now because um in part, my work has gotten a lot tighter and much more detailed. And so like a smaller canvas now just takes me so much longer to finish. Um, but anyway, I used to do these very large canvases and you know, they'd be ranges of something like um, uh, 24 by 72 inches. I don't know what that, I, you have to forgive my Americanness. I don't know what that is in the metric system. But <laughs> I very particularly wanted to have that sort of horizontal longer orientation um, partly because, for one, I liked that it sort of mimicked the, the orientation of film, but also I thought that it kind of forced a certain kind of compositional movement, um, you know, in the work. And um, yeah, and I think in terms of lighting, I mean, honestly, like, or, or, well, 
more on the cinema, 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 sorry, um, more on the cinematic aspects of the work. Um, yeah, that's definitely been an influence. I mean, I'm very, um, you know, I find a lot of the artists that I enjoy looking at uh, and consuming um, aren't, you know, most of them aren't painters. A lot of them are photographers. A lot of them are filmmakers. Um, you know, I found whenever I, I watch film, I find the cinematography is often something that I really catch yeah. on to and I enjoy. Um, and so, yeah, that definitely filters into the work, whether it's through, uh, I guess, sort of the narrative aspect of the lighting, um, the orientation. That's uh, it's, it, it's something that I definitely strive towards because it's something that I find uh, it catches me. And so I want to have that kind of a similar feel in my work, too. Yeah, and, I, and it kind of, it makes you kind of wonder, and you kind of touched on it earlier, the idea of reality in your work. Like, so do you see your work as a depiction of the reality we live in, or do you consider it its own separate reality? Uh, both. I think that, um, again, I think it's a sort of refracted reality. It's sort of, a, it's a little, it's obviously a bit invented. Um, um, I mean, I think anything like that is curated. I'm going to have a separate point with that, but um, but yes, it there is a reality to it. I mean, like I said, so for my landscape work, um, I do a lot of uh, research. I, I do kind of scouting research on street Google Street View, um, or just you know driving around or whatever. And uh, the photographs, the landscapes are all based on photographs of photographs I've taken. So I've stood in those places and walked around them. Um, and I have to almost do that to just get a sense of like what, you know, you can have a sort of see a thing on street view or drive by it or whatever, but you have to actually be in the space, I think, I've found to really get a sense of like, okay, will does this work? Will this work with this kind of lighting? You know, does this composition make sense? How does it feel? Um, so there is a reality in the sense that it's taken from reality. It's photographed, it's whatever, it's, um, but there's an unreality too. I mean, obviously it's filtered through the work that the, the way that I'm making the images. And so I think there's sort of, it's, it's almost, it's borrowed from, but it actually isn't actual reality. Um, and I like that. I mean, I think that that's sort of part of the power of art. Um, the other tangential part I was gonna say is that, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, wow, your work looks like a photograph. And I think sometimes what they mean by that is that, you know, it looks realistic. It's very, you know, detailed. But the implication being that photography is somehow the arbiter of reality, yeah. <laughs> which I find isn't true. I mean, as a photographer, you are choosing to crop out certain images, Absolutely. you're choosing a light, whatever. And so, you know, you're still altering reality in that. It's a little, you know, it's not as heavy handed, but it's, um, uh, yeah. So I, I do I do like that. Anyway, so to go back to the work, I think that, or my work, I do like that it's, um, it's based on reality. It's based on sort of lived experience and sort of even just feeling and light. Um, some of the, you know, some of the elements are a little more simple, but um, so it's based on reality, but it itself is sort of an alternate thing. And I like that. I like that transformative aspect to it, that looking at the paintings, hopefully, you know, transfers the, the uh, viewer to uh, not necessarily a world, like it's a fantasy, but um, a way of seeing that is different. And, um, you know, like I remember, I remember speaking to a, a curator, a friend I'm, I've worked with in Brooklyn and, uh, you know, she 
she it's my work wasn't necessarily stuff that she normally would be interested in I think I remember we had a we had a studio visit and I asked her well, point blank I said like well what what are you why are you interested in this work because when I'm seeing the stuff you post uh, this is quite different from what you normally would look at she was like yeah I mean I it's a good question she said like you know I, it's not something I normally would but something about the light just really struck me and then as our, you know, as our relationship grew and we, you know, would talk to each other and whatever, and she was traveling, she would say, oh, it's great. Because now when I'm at my in-laws, you know, house in Colorado or whatever, they live in kind of a neighborhood of like this painting that you did or yeah. whatever. And I'm seeing it. And normally I would, you know, she's like, normally I wouldn't think anything of it or whatever. But now seeing your work, I'm sort of, it's almost like she's uh, taking a filter of my work through and using that to see her environment. And I loved that, that it was like, you know, she's seeing reality, but she's sort of seeing it through a different set of eyes, and uh, and that that kind of alters how one sees things. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, it's, I, I like that it, it's it's based on reality, but it's not. So I think the the short answer to your question is both, and I like that both. I think that tension between those two, um, I find very interesting, and uh, you know, I like that in other people's work, and I hope that that comes across in what I'm doing. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a that's an absolutely great answer. And it's an answer that makes a lot of sense as well when looking at your work because that's it's kind of what I like about it is that like kind of the fantastical elements aren't something that you really notice straight away, and it's not something that maybe like the most it might be the most present thing in the work. And and I quite like that. I think that's quite clever, as opposed to it being like, oh, look at how crazy and strange this is, and look at how weirdly surreal this is. That's like you know the main focus of the work. It's quite um, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's nice, like like the way your eye plays around the image, and then you get to like quote unquote the main focus, assuming you have one. Um, I don't know. There's something there's something about your work that I really like. It's is not only is it just kind of the work I like generally because I love I love the whole kind of anything cinematic, anything narrative, anything that's kind of amb- ambiguous, mm-hmm. kind of makes you stop and look at it. I really love. But I don't know. There's something about your work that is. As, like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I really want to interview this person. I feel like I said that to everybody. So I kind of do feel like that with everybody. But like, I looked at it and I was like, Oh, no, that's good. That's good. Like, I would love to talk to you about it because I don't know, there's just something more into more in more in your work that I feel should be discussed. Um, but I don't know, there's something about your work that really strikes me as, as fascinating. And actually, going back to something you said earlier, which I'm actually not really curious about, um, and we'll get into your process in a second. But just before that, I kind of want to ask you, like, what does painting do that a photograph doesn't do? It's a good question. I think um, it's hard to say. I, I would say that, like, you know, uh, you can do a lot with photography. Obviously, you know, in Photoshop, you can do all kinds of different. Um, I mean, and I thought of that, too. I thought, like, well, why don't I just sort of really hone myself on, you know, Photoshop? I could and get like, you know, really high end equip- camera equipment. And but I and it's something about having to paint the image is it's laborious but I just, I really enjoy it. There's some, there's the tactfulness of it. I love that it, you know, it, it requires my hand. Um, you have to really build the images. I love that, like, you know, I'm, maybe I don't take the liberty to do everything that one can do with painting, but I love that it's, there's a hand, there's a tactile hand quality to it. And I always like anyway, when I'm looking at my work, well, my work and especially work of other people, uh, that's you know uh, realism I like that you can see the the detail in it but when you look at it in person um, and I think that's really the difference between you know seeing the work on a screen or um, you know or printed 
as opposed to seeing it in person, you really do see, oh, this is a painting. Uh, you know, you can see the brushwork, you can see the color and all of that. And I, and I like that, you know, your eye kind of puts it together as like a very detailed, uh, almost, you know, for lack of a better term, photographic image. Um, but I like that it, it's not. Um, I don't know, there's a certain warm quality about, uh, about it being paint. And I think I also kind of too, just, I love the process of painting. It feels good to paint. Um, it, you know, it takes a long time. Um, and I also kind of like the challenge of being to depicting that, you know, how do I get something to look a certain way? How do I get it to, to feel this way? And how do I alter it in such a way that like, you know, this wasn't there, or how would I make this look that? And, you know, it, there's a certain liberty I think I have with that. Um, you know, I often tell people like, I don't have really great uh, uh, camera gear. And I sometimes I, uh, you know, I, I've looked into like upgrading and I think eventually I will, but um, there's things I can get away with. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a perfect reference or a perfect uh, photograph to work off of because I can make up the difference in the painting. Um, and that's just sort of, you know, you know what it looked like. You can see it in your mind's eye. Um, yeah, and uh, so I, I like what painting offers that photography doesn't. Not that I don't love photography. Again, most a lot of the artists that uh, I enjoy that I follow are, pho are photographers, um, uh, and you know, and film, which is a similar type of it's a similar type of medium. But um, something I don't know. It's uh, there's some quality to painting that I just really enjoy, and it's not just the the representational detailed painting. I also love artists who do things, painters who do things that I, I don't, where it's like, it's a little more gestural, it's a bit more painterly. And there's a kind of a fluidity to it that, uh, uh, you know, it's not quite as tight, but I, I love that. I'm like, oh, wow. So I didn't have to do so much, <laughs> you know, I could have just, if I was really proficient, I could just flick or whatever, or do this. and depict what I'm trying to do with more of a painterly quality. Um, yeah, there's just something about painting that just, for whatever reason, it just drew me um, and it, it keeps bringing me back. And actually, that's really funny because that's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you is about painting and like why the medium of painting specifically? And have you ever actually dabbled with other kind of artistic outlets? Um, I, um, I have more in the, when I was, um, in school, um, you know, I took, I actually didn't even start painting until later. It was my um, junior, uh, my, uh, was it? the spring semester of my junior year. So it was the last three semesters of uh, college was when I was uh, doing painting. Um, but before that, I did a lot of drawing. Um, like I said, in high school, I mentioned earlier, I did uh, uh, ceramics in high school. Um, but, and, you know, and I've done, I think we had to take like, you know, 3D design classes. So we did some software and whatever, um, but I don't know. I, uh, I really like painting. Something about it really, like I've tried a bunch of, I, I did a bunch of other things. A lot of it was like kind of in school anyway, it was a lot of assignment-based work. Um, so it wasn't super personal, um, but for whatever reason, I just really, once I started the first um, oil painting class I took, I just, I loved it. Something about it was really just um, capturing to me and I just wanted to keep doing that. Um, and, you know, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess through just uh, 
habit and uh, stubbornness, it's kind of kept that way, but I still, it still holds my interest in a way that um, other things that I've, I wouldn't say I've dabbled in a lot of other things, but I just, something about painting just, I really, uh, I really love it. And um, yeah, it, it just has a certain quality to it that I, don't, I, I haven't really gotten when I've done other things. I, I do still like drawing. There's, um, there's a different kind of hand in drawing. I feel like it's more like, it's obviously it's more based on line and value. Um, there's similar characteristics, but, um, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Something about painting I just really, really enjoy. And it's, uh, it's still been very uh, pleasurable for me to uh, pursue. So let's talk about your process then, because that sounds really interesting. So, so how kind of do, so where do the ideas for images come from and like how do you start planning an image? Because you say you take photographs. So like where does kind of the, I guess the pre-production of an image come from? Um, so the pre-production, a lot of times, again, for the landscape works, it comes from, um, well, it depends. I think um, generally speaking, it comes from just like what I'm consuming visually. Um, other artists work, um, different ideas. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so for landscape work, a lot of it comes from, I do, so I'll research, uh, I use um, Google Street View to do research. That Essentially, I use that to scout um, and uh, basically to just see if there's any kind of particular areas or compositions or places that I think are interesting or could work for an idea. Um, and then I'll drive out to those places and kind of do a walkabout um, and just, walk around those places and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um you get a different feel for a place when you're actually there as opposed to seeing it through the screen um anyway but i'll, I'll usually i'll have kind of a set area and there's maybe I don't know, a couple different spots that i think okay that could work but i do find that um being at the space is also very important because sometimes i have a particular uh there's a particular angle that I really like and I'm like, okay, yeah, that, I, I wanna capture that at that angle, like standing here or whatever. Um, but other times, you know, when I get there, I think like, oh, actually uh, this isn't as interesting thinking, but if I go this way, or if I walk over here or this thing completely in a different direction is more interesting. And so I'll go do that. Um, anyway, so long-winded. Uh, so I basically I'll gather, I'll photograph those and then I edit it. I edit them into different compositions, um, you know, do some color correcting. And then from there, um, usually once I have that image, then that's where like kind of the narrative aspect comes in where I think like, okay, I've got this composition, you know, what am I seeing? How does, what's the visual movement look like? How would I crop this in a way that's interesting? And then um, sometimes from that, you know, an idea will pop into my head. And I'll think, oh, okay, great. So I want to have like a couple figures in this work. And, um, you know, I think it would make sense if they were like standing here or added this thing here or whatever. Um, and then from there, it's a matter of either a lot of the source material for the added image. It's a mix of stuff that I get online. Um, but then it's also, um, if I can, I like to have actual people pose for me. So I'll usually try to arrange some sort of a, uh, photo shoot with a model, um, which are usually are friends and acquaintances. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, and then so from the, and I like that because then it's uh, you you, ha you know you have a little more control over what and there's 
you have a little more control, but there's also some uh, some unexpected moments. Um, for instance, uh, and I'll get back to more of the process or bring me back if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the unexpected moments are nice too. I remember uh, a painting I did several years ago uh, called Fairmont, Minnesota. Um, I had this idea, I wanted this kind of like light source that these three people would be looking at in this, you know, in this space. And um, so I, you know, I asked a friend of mine from college, um, hey, you know, she had mentioned she'd been interested in posing. And uh, I asked, could you bring a couple of friends of yours or some people? And she's like, yeah, sure. And so she brought like, I think the, some guy she was seeing at the time and then this other friend of theirs. And, you know, we set up in the park and I think I had bought like some kind of an electric like lantern or something just to get kind of the light on her. And so we set up in a park and I shot it and, and I had to kind of arrange them. And I said to the one guy, you know, hey, okay, so he's going to be looking down here. She's crouching. Um, let's try having you just stand here and maybe you're looking at him. And he had this, just this resting look on his face that just seemed kind of menacing I don't know I mean it wasn't he wasn't trying you know but it was a little at first it was a little odd but but as I was looking at the photos I'm like oh I'm really glad he did that because that really sort of changes because originally my idea was like the focus is the light it's yeah. this it's the, you know, this weird thing ha happening um but you know and the people around it but then just the look that he gave um gives another element and I have had other people comment on that they're like yeah he looks really like you know and I was like that was a happy accident that was a thing where it just I wasn't expecting it but I'm really glad and I, I don't think I noted it to him at the time because again I, I hadn't met him before <laughs> um, but I'm glad he did and that so that's uh, so if I can get uh, models I like to have them because sometimes you get that sort of um, there's that collaborative aspect even if it's not intentional on their part um, um anyway so then once i have that i basically construct the image in photoshop so it'll be a mix of um uh, the landscape I, you know and i'll alter the lighting sometimes too i've gotten a little bit more into using filters of late um and i'm not a super photoshop with a lot of the stuff i uh, like visually in my mind i can i know what i want the image to do but i don't know how to do that on photoshop so i'll just look up tutorials and teach myself how to do it. And then of course, promptly forget because I'm not, you know, doing Photoshop every day. <laughs> um, but, you know, thank God for YouTube. Um, um, anyway, so I'll have the, so I'll have the source image, which will be, you know, a collection of figures and the, the work or just maybe, maybe if it's more simple, it's just the image and the lighting. And then from there, um, you know, I've kind of got a sense of like, what the composition is going to be. And I basically do, I use an aspect ratio um, tool to figure out, um, you know, how big, okay, so if my image composition is X many pixels by this, like this many pixels by that many pixels, what would that translate into as a canvas? And then, so I figure that out from like how big it needs to be. And certain images like, you know, work better as they're larger. Others, it's like, you know, this could be a little bit smaller. Um, and then, so from there, I figure out the size and then, you know, buy the material, build the canvas, stretch the, stretch the canvas, plan it, whatever, all of that. Um, and then I uh, project the image, on, or at least some of it onto the canvas, um, do a very rough sketch. Um, and, you know, that ends up getting painted over anyway. Uh, and then just go and I paint. Um, so there's a lot of work that is, 
there's a lot of work that goes into sort of the, like you said, the pre-production, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, and oftentimes it's a mix between, sometimes um, once I've got the image and I haven't even started painting it, but I have like the canvas built and I put the underdrawing on and I've you know, put in the first couple layers. Sometimes at that point, I already know how I want it, the, the end product to look. It's just a matter of painting it. Um, there are other times where it's a little more as it goes. Like I know I like this image and I want to, um, you know, I like the image and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with it. I think I mentioned that in a previous, uh, previous work, I talked about Eden Prairie, Minnesota, where, you know, with that one, I really liked the image and I kept wanting to like add people to it or have something. And so I had, you know, I, I think for that one, I wasn't able to get models. So I just got a ton of like images online of just sort of like um, uh, candid photos of pe people and I, you know, um, cropped them out, put them in and just kind of arranged people in a certain way. And I'm like, okay, well, can I figure anything out? Is there anything that's sort of interesting? And, and there were a couple arrangements that I kind of liked and I thought sort of worked, but it, it, it just felt like it was, as I was continuing to work on the, the painting. And I think thankfully for that, because the, the ideas I had would be in the foreground. So the way I was painting it, I was sort of painting the back details first and the foreground would be the last part I did. Um, so I had a lot of time to think about this um, just because the painting process takes a while. And it got to the point where with that, where I just was like, you know, this isn't working. I just think, I think it just needs to be as it is. I think it doesn't have a, have a lot of stuff happening. It's fine, like just I think the way the lighting is, it's subtle enough and that's good. Um, and sometimes I have to go through that process to be like, okay, this isn't working, but maybe some idea like that works better for a different setting. Or maybe that works better for, you know, a, a more of a portrait or an interior work or something. Um, so yeah, it, it can depend. Sometimes it's very deliberate in terms of like, yes, I know I have this image in mind. I just need to basically, you know, create it, photograph it, have a reference for it, and then make it into a painting. And other times it's more of that evolving uh, process where, you know, I don't, you know, I could be halfway through the painting and I'm still like, well, I don't really know where this thing is going. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, so it's a mix. The process is, it's, um, it's honed over time, but I've noticed it's, it's changed too. And I think the more I've done it, I've, I've gotten, um, better, I think, at understanding like where things are going and what I'm interested in and, and what works, um, uh, which is nice. Um, and I think this, maybe this is a different question or I'm just <laughs> keep going, but um, I have found too that, uh, you know, in the past there were certain types of landscapes or settings that would really interest me. And I would think, oh yeah, that would be great for a painting. But now I go out to some of these places and I think, yeah, I've done that before. That's not as interesting. And so my focus has been a little more, um, like I think I remember anyway, older work, uh, the paintings themselves were quite large um, and vast and the scope was kind of vast too, you know? Like it was really trying to get a whole swath of this scene or whatever. But as I've gotten, as I've gone, I found that, um, uh, my work has sort of honed in a little bit more. The canvases have gotten a bit smaller with just painting with more detail and things taking time. Um, but also the focus too, you know, like uh, the, the painting that I'm working on right now, um, 
so the uh, the image I got, you know, I was taking a, I basically made this photo panorama of this whole swath. And I remember when I was editing the image, um, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, I should crop it over here and include this house and that. And you really get, okay, wow, this is a really big scope. And I was, and I realized like, you know, if I was doing, if I had stumbled across this spot or if I was using this image, you know, six years ago or something, I probably would have wanted to include all of that. But as I'm looking at it now, the thing that got me was like this house and say like the canoe that they had like propped against the wall or something or this thing. And I don't need to have all this information. Like, yeah, that's interesting, but my focus was that. And so I realized like, okay, it's gonna make more sense if I just really crop it down. So like the image itself is the, that I was working on is quite large, but what I ended up use of that, what I ended up using for the painting was just sort of a fraction of that, that overall scene. Um, so, so, and that's, I think that's more just an example to say that um, I've noticed as I've continued to do this, um, what I notice has sort of changed a bit and you know, what I include has changed and what I'm interested in has changed. And I'm sure as I continue, um, that will also continue to go. You know, I, I don't want to create the same image over and over again. You want to kind of, uh, you want to evolve and kind of take it into new places. And I think for me, that evolution can be slow at times, but, um, but you know, when I look back at older work, I think, oh, okay, yeah, that's not, you know, I'm doing something a little different now than I was before, and I like that. That's good. It's good to have that kind of um, that progress, I think, and that change. That concludes the first part of my conversation with Nate Burbank. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, Please get in touch via theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or via social media sites such as Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl podcast can now be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or whatever you listen to podcasts. Please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word of the show. Also, don't forget to check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and for written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon page if you'd like to consider supporting the platform further. Tiers start from £1 and all information can be found on patreon.com forward slash the flying fruit bowl. Once again, thank you very much for listening to the conversation today. And until next time folks, please stay safe.